0: Now we come to the thrilling
1: final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. This is going to make me look kind of freaky. Luke
2: Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> We're devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski.
1: <laughs> Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. Final hour of the show, live from the ak Community Studio. In case you're just joining us, according to the Nets, everything is fine with Kevin Durant, and there will be no trade anywhere. Not to Phoenix, not anywhere. I don't totally buy that that's going to stay that way forever, but Gambo's joining us now, and Gambo's got some information on this. So, Gambo, I'm just going to start with this simple question. As we sit here on August 23rd, what, in your mind, is the main reason the Suns were not able to get KD?
2: Because the Nets never wanted DeAndre Ayton. The biggest chip you had to trade, a uh, number one overall pick, twenty-four year old center, at the time I think he was still twenty three, yeah. turned twenty four in July, the biggest nugget you had the Nets had no interest in. And the second that they didn't want Aiden, it's like well, you're keeping Booker, you're keeping Paul, you can't trade him Aiden. What do you have? You don't you didn't have anything to trade them. He would have had to involve a third team that maybe did value
0: Aiton. I would like to think, Gamble, and you probably can speak on it more than I can. The Suns, for their credit, I'm sure James Jones exhausted every single avenue to try to make this deal happen. And at the end of the day, it it sounds like it wasn't just Sean Marks who didn't value Aiton. It was the other teams as well. And then once Aiton signs the offer sheet... It's a whole different ball game because now he's owed a whole lot of money.
2: Yeah, I mean, I reported at the time that Utah liked De- DeAndre; they were interested. The Jazz actually called the Suns to speak about DeAndre Ayton, but there was no deal to be done. You know, a lot of teams are very reluctant to pay a center thirty million dollars. Everybody wants to go the Kavan Looney route. Let me pay a guy nine or ten. Why well, pay thirty? And I'll use that money elsewhere. So, unless you've got Embiid, Jokic, or Gobert, teams are very reluctant to pay centers a lot of money. Do you think, and even bigger than the Suns here? I mean, do you think
1: Durant really is going to play out this full contract now? With Brooklyn? I don't know, it just seems so I don't volatile. I mean, we don't
2: know. We don't know. We know that he's there. We know that this is over now. But what's going to happen at the trade deadline? Yeah. Don't know. What's going to happen a year from now? I mean, we could be here again. But would it surprise me if a year from now we're back at it? Where okay, the Nets get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Durant's not happy and he wants out again. Sure, I mean, sure. I mean, we can get we can't get. He's got four years left on his deal. I mean, does anybody really think he's going to play all four years with the Nets? I don't.
0: No, I don't I think so either. Don't. I know you reported early on, Gamble, that the Suns were, while well, interested in Durant, were not interested in gutting their entire roster. Never. well w- would they have parted with a package built around not only McKell draft picks but also throwing in a Cam Johnson? Would the, and, and even if the Suns were to do that, I'm not sure what the Nets' response to that would, the,
2: would, would, would be. But would the Suns have gone that far? In your opinion, are you count at plus the draft picks? Yeah, no. No. Set it from the beginning. Not going to give you Mikhail, Cam, and any other players to make it work. Dario or Jay or whoever it is right. to make the numbers work. And then give them all your draft picks. That you can get the, the maximum amount of draft picks and swaps. No, they didn't want to gut the team. I said that from day one. They didn't want to gut the team. Look, they never, the Suns never offered Mikhail Bridges to the Nets. They were never close. There was never anything close. I mean, and I've been reporting this for months now. The, every conversation was, you don't have enough. Like, you, you don't have enough. So it never got to the point where the Suns made an offer because the Nets, there was no offer to be made. The Nets never, and the Nets never said, hey, listen, i I'll take this, 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 and this, because the Nets, they weren't getting Booker, they weren't getting Paul, they didn't like Aiton, they didn't like the Suns roster, so the Nets never got to the point, this yeah. is the truth, the Nets never got to the point where they said, I'll take this guy, this guy, this guy, in your draft picks and we got a deal. It never got there, because they didn't like, what the, they, they would only tell the Suns, you don't, you don't have enough to make a deal. We can't make a deal with you. They had conversations, multiple conversations, but no conversations in the last two weeks.
1: It's, it's funny, too, because we, what you're saying, I mean, I know it's true. But <laughs> the Suns won sixty four games last th- last year. It's funny Brooklyn looks at that and they're like, yeah, we don't really like anything on your roster other than Booker, obviously. What now, Gamble? I saw you tweet out that what the Suns' step might uh, next step might be in terms of a post up power forward because they're not. It doesn't feel like they're done now. I mean, you, you can move on from KD, but you still got to do something. Well,
2: I I, I think they're going to go forward with the roster they have. I checked on Jay Crowder today, and the plan is that he's going to play with the team. Okay. The plan is that he's going to play with them. Right. Um, that's what I was told today. They like their roster. The plan is that. Jay's going to go forward with the team i don't think they have plans to trade Jay right now they have a six and a half million dollars about six and a half million give or take a few you know shekels i mean, uh, it's a a, a a taxpayer exception that's worth about six and a half million dollars that they can use now they don't have to they 're going to use it they're going to but they don 't have to use it now they can wait for the buyout market, and now all of a sudden I could offer somebody more than anybody else can. They can they can save it and wait. They don't have to necessarily use it right now, but they are I, – I, I have heard that they would be looking for a power forward among other positions. They feel like they could use an upgrade everywhere. They would love to be able to address a guard if they can, a power forward if they can. So I think they're going to use it, but I don't know that there's a rush on them. Hey, we're going to use it right now. I don't think they like any of the free agents that are out there right now. Right now. Well, that's
0: what I was going to ask you. LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, a Paul Millsap. These are the names, and these guys are obviously yeah. older, but these would be the
2: names that would be available in the right here, right now. A lot yeah. of those guys are minimum guys, and I think if they wanted one of those guys, they'd be here. Yeah. I mean, I think the easiest way to say it is if the Suns, you know, people have mentioned to me, what about Markeith Morris? What about Carmelo? You know, I think if the Suns wanted one of those guys, I think they'd be here.
1: Really, Markeith Morris? That name's coming up?
2: <laughs> he, are you ready I, for I, that? Listen, I. I've heard that he I've heard that he would like to come here. Markeith Morris. He's he might got to like to come, from, to like to come from, from Brooklyn right now. <laughs> he's a minimum guy. Yeah. He might like
0: to come here to punch you,
2: Gambo. He's is what he be, might he he like he to he do. He goes on your show first, right? You guys have to have him on. if he comes
0: Anytime, back. anytime. <laughs> Listen, I don't and, sweat you,
2: Marquise Morris. Yeah, I don't. NBA <laughs> players, most of them can't fight, so I'm not worried about Marquise Morris. <laughs> are you uh, concerned at all, or are
1: they concerned at all over at the Suns, just in terms of just the mental impact? This team had such great chemistry last year, and whether Mikel Bridges was actually dangled in the trade or not, he was speculating for two months so it was Cam Johnson DeAndre Ayton for a while there it felt like he wasn't even on this team even though he still is
2: are they confident they can kind of get that chemistry back if they're going to run 100%. it back 100% okay. I mean 100% they feel like yeah you know, they they feel like this is the team like they're set like they won a lot of games last year and um, you know, They're going to run it back with everything that they have. And it it's still like, listen, I still think they're going to make a move, like I said, with that exception. It's still You have the trade deadline. you got the buyout market. They can improve their team. The West is going to be extremely tough. We know that. It's going to be extremely tough. But they didn't want to gut their team. They, listen, they didn't yeah. – and, and I, I always gave the Suns a lot of credit because unlike other offers that we know, hey, the Celtics offered this and this team offered – the Suns never had an official offer to the Nets. It never got there. So you don't have any problems with McHale or Cam or anybody. Body because they definitely were not offered to the Nets because there was the Nets continued to tell the Suns, there is no deal here. We can't make a deal with you.
1: Tim, you're, you've just gone silent. All right. <laughs> so we, we move was on. Is that the end of I, the Kevin Durant well, era no, to you? I,
0: I, well, yeah, until... Uh until Christmas time, when okay. the, when when Ben Simmons won't get on the court and Kyrie Irving shows up half the time, will Kevin, Kevin Durant we'll, we'll, open up those lines of dialogue yeah. again? We'll but see. that's not going to change what the Suns have or don't have to
1: get them.
2: That's the problem. Just keep your eye on Donovan Mitchell now, okay? Yeah. Because the Nets are interested in Donovan Mitchell. The Nets are interested in Donovan. You know, would they trade Ben Simmons for Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, I think that that's it. Would have to be something else besides Ben Simmons, but you might. You know, there there are and I. I reported this earlier today. The teams that are interested and not interested in Donovan Mitchell, the Nets are a team that is interested in acquiring Donovan Mitchell. All right, Gambo, we appreciate it, man. You've been on the story for Good two stuff, months now. Good stuff, Gambo. Thanks a lot. Good stuff. You got it, boys. Uh, of
1: course, Burns and Gambo coming up right after us from 2 to 6 here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. When we come back, what exactly is Kyler Murray missing to take that next step? few different experts have weighed in, and we'll discuss it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show. Tim Ring in for Wolf on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: All right, Tim Ring is in for Wolf. Tim, we're going to get into football here in a second, but... Uh ASU basketball just released their non conference schedule and we officially Duke, found North Carolina, yes. Kentucky. Who is it? You don't typically find a school that I don't like, have ever heard of Tarleton State. Any guess where Tarleton State is? That's where they're playing November 7th. Uh, it is in Tarleton, Kansas. <laughs> it's not a place, <laughs> it's, it's in not- Stephenville, Texas. Okay, so it's yet another college in Texas. Is it Division One? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Okay, it's, it's Division Eleven. So, other uh, news: Hard Knocks, episode three tonight. Hard Knocks. Well, yeah. By the way, can they give you this piece of news real quick, hot off the presses? Just, just news. Justin it. Pugh
0: yeah, I don't like seen this news. a specialist about a stinger, according to uh, our buddy Mike Florio over at Pro Football Talk. So, Justin right. Pugh, uh, the stinger is so bad, felt the need to. See, a specialist, could that have played a role in the acquisition of Cody Ford it's yesterday? So
1: probably at least got them
0: to pick up. The we phone. wondered about the current state mentally and physically of the offensive line. And if something was going on that prompted Steve Keim to say, you know what, we better, we better shore up this position. Let's go out and make a deal. And lo and behold, Justin Pusey and a specialist about a stinger. So it yeah, yeah. might be totally unrelated. But they acquired Ford yesterday. Now the news breaks: Pew is going to see a specialist about a singer, a stinger today, All or right. a singer too.
1: Yeah, maybe a singer and a stinger. <laughs> if you're going to pay that much, just get the two for one deal. Uh, so we talked about this with Wolf earlier. The NFL quarterback council, and they they went through this is a, a thing on ESPN. They went through and I, it, they they did their top ten quarterbacks at each of these different characteristics, right? So you know how they always used to do those things where it's like, okay, if you could build the ultimate quarterback, it would have Aaron Rodgers' arm, and it would have Peyton Manning's mind and Tom Brady's mechanics and you know whatever Kyler Murray's legs Um, this is a little bit different they just they went through they broke it the quarterback position into 12 categories arm strength accuracy touch mechanics field vision decision making compete level toughness in the pocket scrambling rushing and second reaction and i looked at this just from the kyler murray perspective tim not that this list is like the bible of of what's going to happen in his career but what's the perception of of the areas he needs to work on they have him top 10 in arm strength and accuracy uh they have have him top five and scrambling and rushing. I think they have him in top ten and second reaction too. Obviously, they would very accurate. But mechanics, field vision, decision making, compete level, toughness, performance in the pocket—they don't have him in the top ten in any of those categories. And I don't—if you're a Cardinals fan, I don't know that you would disagree with that. I mean, I'm simplifying their story. Their story is not about Kyla Murray. It's about the entire NFL. But I'm just simplifying it from his perspective. If you're a Cardinals fan, you're looking at Kyler Murray, you're like, yeah, he can run. He's got arm strength. He's pretty accurate. He's got some areas to improve, though, and yeah, probably decision-making, compete level, field vision, toughness. Uh, Maybe those are the areas. You know, he's uh, going into his fourth year. And
0: you look at the top ten, the usual suspects are pretty much in all these categories. Still Brady, still Rogers. Mahomes, obviously, grading very, very high in virtually every category. Joe Burrow now has ascended himself into the upper echelon of the position in the league, as has Matthew Stafford. So, when Kyler Murray does get ranked in some of these, he's kind of coming in around seven you know, behind the guys I just mentioned. Obviously, when you talk about scrambling and make, making plays with your feet, Kyler Murray is going to be up there with Lamar Jackson in the, in the NFL. So that can be expected. It's interesting, though, that he doesn't grade well for toughness. Um, and moving around in the pocket. Uh, some of those are intangible things, not moving around in the pocket, but toughness certainly is. I wonder if the way the last two seasons have ended, it's got to be that. And, and not only not only last year, cuz at least Kyler Murray was out there battling, but really the way the 2020 season ended did not did not really speak well for Kyler Murray's toughness. It, and he took, he he took some shrapnel for that. Yeah. And now he's got to kind of Shrug off that reputation that he kind of earned a little bit by the way that season ended.
1: It has to be the way these seasons have ended, and I'm sure the playoff game last year against the Rams there was there was talk that he didn't want to go back in at the end of it. You know, so however there was, was that too. To that. Yep, uh, but in terms of just games he could have played in his career, if you count the playoff game in the NFL career, he's had 50 games he could play in, and he's played in 47 of them. So it just depends how you define toughness, right? If you're looking and saying, does this guy, when things get tough, does he get stronger? Or is it a, will this guy fight through pain to play on on the field? Because he has done that. He's played 47 out of a possible 50 games.
0: It's interesting because I talked about the intangible categories that are are listed here, and it's Toughness and compete level, I think I would call intangibles. And we've seen Kyler Murray flame out on uh, the biggest of stages so far in the playoff game. That was not good. We've seen a Kyler Murray-led team, have every opportunity to make the playoffs the year before and fall flat on their face in somewhat embarrassing fashion, considering the teams and the quarterbacks they lost to in those last two uh, weeks, uh, losing to the 49ers and C. the Rams. C.J. Beathard and John
1: Walford. Yeah, I remember.
0: I remember. Go ahead. You can say them.
1: Yeah. Um, it's been It's been long enough now where I think you can say their names.
0: But... Keep in mind this, and I don't know if this has anything to do with it, the way Kyler Murray's viewed in high leverage marquee games. Look back to the Cardinals' national television primetime games last year. They didn't win.
1: No, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't
0: win. And he was I, good in primetime games the year before. And I know everybody has the opportunity now, especially people that cover the league, to watch every game. So I'm not, uh, you know, I don't want to excuse the great QB council here for not seeing every game Kyler played. You know, at, at one p.m. Arizona time on a Sunday, but when Kyler Murray had a national showcase game, whether it be against Aaron Rodgers or on Christmas night against the Colts, he hadn't played all that well. And you just wonder if the way he's perceived uh, by people who do the quarterback council, which, by the way, is funny to me. Are they all sitting around a big round table? I would assume. They're like one of, like, they wearing the robes. Biggest. They yeah. have robes, yeah. right? Yeah. I would and there's assume, like a secret right.
1: handshake before you can vote. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so.
0: So I don't know. I just, I wonder, Kyler Murray, I still think, having all he's accomplished so far, and I think most Cardinal fans would agree with this, whether you love him or you're still lukewarm on him, he does have a lot more to prove on the football field. Yeah. You know the the, the overall the overall records as a starter, it's not it's not fantastic
1: because he had to play as a rookie, hasn't won a playoff game he, yet. He's got to be one of the toughest. You know this is one of those situations where I think because it's so close and it's right in our backyard, maybe we don't fully appreciate how unique this situation is. Right in, in terms of a young quarterback to evaluate, he's got to be one of the toughest because. He has not won a playoff game. He certainly has some areas where if you're a Cardinals fan, you are concerned. But then there are other areas where it's like, you see him make some plays, and you're like, I don't know if anybody else in the league can do this. He's been an MVP candidate basically at the halfway point each of the last two seasons, which wins you nothing. But I'm not talking about after the first half of the first game. We're talking halfway through the season. So you you see his upside, and you're like, he could be a top three quarterback in this league. But then the second half of last season, you're like... Is he still a quarterback well, that's, in
0: this league? Th- that's the thing. There's no question as they got off to that start last year, he was making plays out there that not many quarterbacks in this league can make outside of maybe Patrick Mahomes and maybe still a Russell Wilson. But I'm talking about athletic plays in the pocket. Yeah. When everything breaks down and you've got to go to your – third or fourth option, like and just, you're running around and you're, you're putting 40-yard
1: passes on a dime? Think about that play. These two plays, okay? You've got the Vikings play where he scrambled all over the place and found Rondale Moore for that long touchdown, okay? And what is that? that was week two of the season. And then you have the, the game and the playoff game against the Rams where he's about to get sacked and he just throws a pick six. I don't even know why. Like Those are the two well, extremes of Kyler Murray. And
0: that's kind of where I'm going with this, and you know what? You know, Cliff Kingsbury wears a lot of this as well, is how do you stand up in the face of adversity. And when adversity strikes, which it usually will to every team in the National League at at some point during the course of a 17-game season, how do you react? The old saying, is not whether you get knocked down, it's how how you get back up. And so far... Are you quoting Chumbawamba? (laughs) That's right. So far, from what we've seen, when Kyler and Cliff have taken a punch... They're great with the front run, and they're great, right? Everything's going great. They're moving along. They're cruising. But when adversity hits, they haven't exactly been at their best. Yeah. And and that that is a concern that these guys have to be able to answer the bell when things aren't going that great. And if it gets off the tracks, these two guys got to get it back on the tracks. And they haven't done that the last couple of seasons. And it'll be interesting to see when, not if, when adversity hits in 2022, how do the head coach and the quarterback react to it? And can they continue to find their way and win football games in 2022?
1: text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now we come back. Kyla Murray joining forces with another one of his Oklahoma teammates. Why does that move make sense? It might make a little more sense now after what Tim just found uh, on the internet. The trusty internet. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's
1: Sports Station. (laughs) we be right Tim rings in for Wolf. Wolf did the first half of the show, and then he's like, I can't do this anymore, and he left for Tennessee. That's a good
0: dedication to the craft, though. Wolf could have taken the whole day off. He didn't need to come here.
1: He did not. He did it anyway. He did. He wanted to come in here and talk some football before he went and watched some football. Of course, I get paid
0: paid by the hour, so we took
1: money out of my pocket. That's actually why he 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 was like, (laughs) if I come in, Tim gets less money, so I I have to. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury speaking today, talking about the addition of Cody
3: Ford, in case you missed it. Cardinals got Cody Ford yesterday for a fifth round pick next year um, we'll see when he gets here uh, we see him playing inside with the ability uh in a pinch to play you know tackle but um some of the injuries we've had inside there we felt like it was a position we could get some more depth and he's a very physical player and um we like the take
1: all right, so let's let's stop right there, because earlier today, Wolf and I were talking about this. Now, the trade actually happened yesterday while we were on the air, so we were trying to figure out, okay, why? why what, what, what are you doing here? Why why is Buffalo willing to trade this guy who, for all intents and purposes, was a part of their team, even if he wasn't a starter? Pretty good, right? High second-round pick just a couple years ago. Why was Buffalo willing to move him, and why were the Cardinals even calling about him? And Tim, you may have found part of the, the answer to that second question there, because something's up with Justin. Yeah,
0: Justin Pugh's got a stinger. In fact, it's so bad that the, the I can just I can, I can deduct by the fact he's going to a specialist that he's not getting the answers he wants from the team doctors and they don't have an answer for him. So Justin Pugh feels it's in his best interest to go see a specialist which on the surface is obviously not great. So Pugh is banged up. We talked about it. I heard Dan and Vince this morning speculating, you know, Rodney Hudson, is is everything alright with him not only physically but mentally? Is he still all in? Uh, is, are there concerns with the front office that Rodney Hudson still not long for this team? Again, that's speculation. Or it could just be the fact that, hey, listen, we got five starters. We have, a, we have a team with playoff aspirations, Luke. We don't like the depth after our five starters. Guys get hurt. Your five offensive line starters are probably not going to play every snap. I hope this is what it is, and what you're listen, saying right now. So we got a guy like Cody Ford, who was a second-round draft pick, who has played in, what, 30 games on one of the best teams in football. He's fallen out of favor in Buffalo, or he's just been passed up by six or seven other guys who the Bills feel are better. But we feel that he can come here and maybe be better than the depth guys we have. So we have a fifth round compensatory pick coming from the Chandler Jones trade. So we're playing from picks from a pick standpoint. I guess I'll use the term a little bit with house money because you have a few more coming as well.
1: Yeah, and fifth round pick. Who cares? It's really? a fifth,
0: hey, listen, how many starters have the Cardinals? Selected over the years in the fifth, sixth, uh, no, and see, seventh round.
1: That's like catnip for me. I'm going to look that up during the break. You know, I'm going to look that up. Yeah. But look, I'll, what, I'll, here's a hint: zero. What, what you are, what you are? I've, I've taken the over on zero. I bet they found one. What you are suggesting is how I walked out of here yesterday. Which oh, this is great. They found they got some depth. But then the I don't know if it's just the jaded Arizona sports being around the way things haven't worked out here locally over the last few years. I started to think, wait, why? why I was Buffalo willing to trade him? And then I thought, why were the Cardinals even looking for an offensive lineman when they really should be looking for a corner? And I, that's where I think the Justin Pugh thing comes in. Because Wolf and I, when we talked about this earlier today, we approached it from the sense of you tend to draft You tend to dress seven offensive linemen, maybe eight on game days, right? So if I'm looking at this, I'm saying, okay, you're dressing Humphreys, Pugh, Hudson, Hernandez, Beecham. And then now that you have Cody Ford, I'm assuming Cody Ford and then Wolf said Sean Harlow and I said Josh Jones. The reason I said Josh Jones was because... If Hudson gets hurt in a game, you can slide Justin Pugh over. Now, I'm nervous about that. He's never played center in the NFL, but they feel like they could slide him over if they had to for a quarter in a game, right? Because uh, you can't dress, you can only dress so many players. But now if you're telling me Justin Pugh is hurt too, I, when does this end? Right.
0: And listen, that's why Steve Kime probably pulled the trigger on this. I mean, it could be it could be the immediacy of his offensive line being banged up and he's got to play the Chiefs in a couple of weeks, or again, it could just be depth. Like, we just feel, we we feel Cody Ford is better than some of our backups right now. And we want to solidify our depth on the offensive line because chances are guys are going to get hurt. And we want to plug and play a guy that's going to help us not miss a beat and win a football game on a Sunday. Yeah, and that's and that and that maybe is what it comes down to. And we got the extra fifth round pick because of the Chandler Jones signing yeah, with the
1: Raiders. I don't dislike the trade. I just want to know why it was made. You know what I mean? Like, if you're telling me you can have a fifth round pick or you can have Cody Ford, I'd rather have Cody Ford. The guy was a high second round pick just three years ago. Like I, I find it hard to believe that he's a bust. He doesn't sound like he was a Boston. Well, maybe Buffalo. Maybe,
0: well, you, maybe you just answer your own question. Maybe you're looking for something that's not there. Do, who helps you more on the football field in 2022, Cody Ford or the fifth round pick well, in two, to, yeah. 2023? And, and,
1: so I'm, I'm hoping that's. It. I mean, I'm hoping that's all there. Right. Is, like, really.
0: and again, I go back to the. It's not like the Cardinals are, in, are are rebuilding. We're like, oh, you know what? We're not going to mortgage the future. We're going to hang on to our picks because we're trying to. No, they they wanna, no, they want to. The they want to They want to win the division. They want to make the playoffs. And maybe they feel that this is a guy that can. Help help him get there from a depth standpoint
1: or maybe it's because he's another player from that 2018 Oklahoma team and they already have Kyler and they already have Hollywood Brown Cliff today said yeah Kyler's happy to have another former teammate here
3: he lobbies for the OU players so if you see they played at OU there's gonna be some lobbying going on but no when he was coming out um he, he was definitely high on him having played with him and his attitude his toughness his physicality and so um he, he's happy.
1: Yeah, Kyler lobbies for the, the OU players, but these are also guys he played with, you know what I mean? This is not like somebody coming out of Oklahoma in the draft this year, or some guy that got drafted in 2014. He and Hollywood Brown and Cody Ford were teammates on that 2018 team, which leads really, Tim, into the, the next logical trade is for CeeDee Lamb, right? Because he's the other guy that's out there.
0: I mean, do we do we really need to bring Kyler his whoobies? I I mean, do we have to, we have to make Kyler Murray happy? I mean, how about within the 230 million dollar contract oh, Hold on. make him happy.
1: We this up too. We, we gotta we gotta bring brilliant. his we gotta bring his
0: boys. We gotta bring turtle and drama <laughs>
1: to, to, to the Cardinals. Nice. Solid entourage reference. Uh, uh, so oh, for those okay you got Kyler, you got Hollywood, and you got Cody Ford. Who's turtle who's drama who's Vince? I feel like <laughs> Cody Ford well, Kyler's obviously Vince yeah, he's yeah gotta be Vince, okay.
0: Yeah I guess uh, Hollywood Brown would be E because he's short. Yeah okay <laughs> Cody Brown is a little portly so he'd be turtle.
1: Okay so you're going on size right. based on uh, as opposed to like first now, so yeah, they gotta they gotta find somebody from like ten years prior to Oklahoma, and that guy can be drama. Yeah, well, yeah, Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Adrian there Peterson you go. Can be <laughs> drama. No, I, I think that there is there is something to 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 not. Keeping Kyler happy. I mean, you're not doing it for that reason, I hope. But I do. God, think I hope not, Luke. I mean, I hope we're way beyond that we, now. And I believe that they are in that sense. But you are bringing guys in that ideally he's comfortable playing with right out of the gate. If Cody Ford, ha- I mean, if Justin Pugh really hurt, I'm not gonna. I don't want to speculate too far here. But if he's hurt and for whatever reason he had to miss Week One, you slide Cody Ford in. It's not the NFL where they've played together, but they have played together. There's some familiarity right. there. The I, bigger one to me is Hollywood Brown because right. he has to make play in
0: week one or they're going to lose to the chiefs i would hope at this point kyler murray's only barometer is can this guy help me win football games on sunday i don't care if he went to texas or oklahoma state and i hate him (laughs) if he can help us
1: win football games on sunday boy bring him here that's a good question how many players are actually on this team from texas other than colt mccoy yeah, I'll, that's another thing I have to I got a lot there of work to do yep. here during You got, the some, break. Homework. Yeah, you got yeah, some homework? You got some homework to me. All right. All right. Phoenix Suns just announced a brand new Nike classic edition uniform celebrating the 30th anniversary of the 92-93 Suns team who went to the NBA Finals and we are giving you the chance to be the first to own one of these jerseys. All you have to do is text jersey to 62620 and you could win one of them. That's jersey to 620 620 when we come back we'll wrap it up with sound from practice today as the cardinals head out to tennessee it's the wolf and luke show tim ring in for wolf on 98 7 fm arizona sports station
2: wolf and luke
1: middays 987 fm arizona's sports station All right, final segment of the show here. Tim Ring is in for Wolf, and I want to get through some of this uh, the sound from practice today. Let's, just, let's start with, with kind of what we were just talking about and get an update from Cliff Kingsbury on Justin Pugh from after practice
3: today. He's getting checked out right now, um, so I don't have much on that, but we'll see uh, how that plays out next week. The vagueness.
1: Uh, know, I don't expect Cliff to know, but but it's just the vagueness right now. It's, he it's, didn't say it was minor. No, so that's he didn't. he didn't say it was a right, so that's, small deal. That's usually his go-to, right? When this, he's not worried, he's a minor. Here's the problem: when, when you talk about the offensive line, Tim like Wolf and I had kind of gotten to the point where I think this is a better than a, it's an above average offensive line it's not an offensive line you look at and say oh that, the team's going to win the Super Bowl because they got the best offensive line but if you have an above average offensive line and you've got a, an offensive line coach like Sean Kugler and you're able to keep that line intact for most of the season you're going to have a lot of success but the problem is You already got injuries to Rodney Hudson and Justin Pugh and it sounds like Will Hernandez maybe. Hernandez is is banged up, yeah.
3: Here's Cliff on Will Hernandez. Will will be back um, by next week, I'd say, and then Marquise uh, a week or two. Yeah, but I mean,
1: nothing against Marquise, but specifically Will and Justin Pugh and Rodney Hudson, that is 60% of your starting offensive line that's already dealing with something and it's August 23rd.
0: Yeah, and that's, again, it goes to the, the desire for the Cardinals to go out there and give a fifth round pick to a guy in Cody Ford. Listen, you you look at all the, the, the grading and the evaluation and oh, this guy's been a disappointment. He hasn't performed to that what was expected of him being a second round pick. Still, he's been an NFL player, Luke. Mm-hmm. He's been on one of the best teams in football, and he's played in 30 games the last two years. Looks like he might be playing here too. And you just got him for a song in the dance, so it's not like ah. I right. I use the you know I, I won't pick on Western Michigan this time, but it's not like you got him in the seventh round last year from. Some obscure college. I did the research. And he, and, he, and he was on the practice squad all last year. No, he's playing and for Buffalo. He's played for Buffalo. Yeah. And he's pl- but he's actually played, played. I mean, he's been on the
1: field. And he was he was the 38th pick in the draft. It's not like he was pick 64 or something. Uh, maybe that doesn't matter. But we're talking about a draft from three years ago, not a draft from 11 years ago. So there's still upside. You mentioned before. And I, it, to be clear, I agree with you. You trade a fifth-round pick away if you're going to get a guy that can play. But we were like, okay, who did they ever get in the fifth round? Well, how about Tim Hightower in 2008? Okay, that's... <laughs> and Steve Breston the, in 2007. That's the Rod
0: Graves era. All right, can we, can we talk about the Steve Keim era? There are... Can we talk about the last, how about we just say seven
1: years? Okay, I got one for you that I was going to say before, but it okay, doesn't go, really count. Go. Jalen Thompson and the fifth round of the supplemental there draft. There you go. Supplemental
0: draft, though. <laughs>
1: I know.
0: Not a lot of competition.
1: No. They're, they're really... you're. I mean, obviously, right. They don't have anybody from the fifth round that's, that's playing for them on this team. At least not that they drafted. In fact, they don't typically have fifth round picks. They didn't have any this year, <laughs> last year, the year before. They had Thompson, Deontay Thompson the year before that in 2019. But typically, they trade that fifth round pick away. So this was getting dealt for somebody anyway. Right.
0: Steve's best use of the, of the late round picks are trading them away for veterans who yes. actually can help. Which you. is fine. He's actually He's been okay at that. So maybe Cody Ford... Will be the latest example
1: of that. Um, let's see. More from Cliff Kingsbury. How about that positive spin? Look at that. Yeah, that's just <laughs> way, way to spin it forward in a good way. I'm trying to find some Cliff audio that isn't about an injury. Um, here, how about this? Uh, talking about Hollywood Brown now that he's out
3: there practicing routinely with the team. Uh, he practices really hard. I, I think that's something I like. I mean, he's a grinder out there. Um, he's still learning our system, but he's got a good, good feel for football, and the things we're asking him to do are a little bit different than what he's done in the last few years but he's he's picked it up and I think over the next three weeks with Kyler getting all those reps and and him being out there it's going to be good for their rapport and uh, I think by week one he'll be rolling
1: and if you're driving around if there was any mystery to what to expect on Saturday preseason finale against the Titans I know some people still look at that and say well it's the third preseason game even if you have less preseason games that's the one where you run your starters out there Uh, that mystery's
3: gone here's Cliff it is yeah it'll be it'll be um a lot of the young guys getting a lot of reps and playing a lot of football, which has been good. We've got some good evaluations on guys and got to see some guys really step up.
1: The way that question was framed to him is, is it going to be similar to the first two? So when he says it is, that's not, there's no Kyler. There's no, I would assume, no Hollywood Brown. Like he didn't say names, but I would expect a lot of Trace McSorley, Jarrett Garantano, uh, Keontae Ingram. And when does, this is a whole other conversation,
0: when does the NFL change their whole idea of preseason and just do away with it or cut it down now to two games. You know, we were talking to Wolf about this earlier
1: off the air. You know, they're charging... They're charging full price yeah. for this. I mean, eventually... They'll cut it down when they can add another game or find a way to make that money. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, listen, not, they're not losing that money. They
0: though. can find a way to make it up. Just start charging everybody an extra five bucks on their tickets. I mean, they'll probably make it up over awesome. the course of the 17-game. I don't like this one. What, do you, you pay for tickets over there, no, buddy? But, yeah. I just,
1: I, but I know people that do. I know. I have in the past. But that,
0: listen, they, they can. but at some point, just the idea of preseason football... I mean, God, Luke. I remember there used to be six games, and dudes played. You know, because they Why? were selling because they were selling cars in the off season, yep. and they had to get back into shape. They all had <laughs> jobs.
1: Yeah, I guess that's fair.
0: You um, know, so it's it's it's, but it's different now. And again, the the risk reward. For playing your guys in the preseason just a lot of coaches are moving towards it's just the, the reward of the reps does not outweigh the risk of a season ending or season impacting injury Yeah, and I can totally see why they would think
1: that. The problem is and and, I, and honestly I agree with that like I, you ask when are we getting down to two preseason games I don't think it's going to be that far away like it's probably going to be within the next couple years which I still think is after the Nets trade Kevin Durant because they're going to trade him within the next year I still believe that. But I don't think we're that far away from dropping to two games. But what I agree with is that mentality of these games don't mean anything. I don't want Kyler Murray getting hurt. I don't want JJ J. Watt getting hurt. I don't want Hollywood Brown getting hurt. Like I, I get all that. The problem is we just spent twenty minutes talking about all the guys that are hurt anyway. You know what I mean? Like all the guys on the you of can't,
0: line, Right, because you can't first of all there's non contact injuries and you yeah. can't and you can't put the the red shirt or whatever color the Cardinals use on every player. You can pretty much you can keep, unless Kyler Murray again, non-contract, non-contact. We already tried the non-contract right. thing. We're not doing <laughs> or, that again. Or a shoulder injury. But you can pretty much keep Kyler Murray from getting hit. You can't yeah. do that with everybody. He's Offen- pretty
1: good at keeping himself from getting right. hit.
0: Right. Offensive linemen are going to get hit. There's going to be contact you know, on days that you're in full pads. So uh, you're you're always going
3: to run the risk of injuries in camp for those guys.
1: Real quick, James Conner, on, on if he likes the way they're
3: handling the preseason. I can see every angle, every side, you know, but... Um... <laughs> That's why every organization is different. Um, Some players need different things, and, you know, organizations do different things for the players. You know, you see some of the QBs out there running backs and receivers, defense. Some guys are playing, some guys are not. Um, But uh, we're doing it the Arizona Cardinal way, and uh, we feel like it's going to work our way. We're doing it, so that's what we're going to do. I wasn't nervous about it until I
1: looked at the Chiefs and saw them running their starters out there, only because that's who the Cardinals play in Week 1. But if you win in Week One, it doesn't. Then you did it the right way.
0: I'm, so Andy Reid has got a different philosophy. He feels that the 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 reps given to a Patrick Mahomes outweigh the risk of getting injured. Holy crap! Would he never hear the end of it if Mahomes got popped in the preseason? And had to miss
1: significant time, if not the entire True. season. And this is his revenge game too against Jared Carlin for all those uh, kebab jokes he made. <laughs> all right, thanks, Darren Maloney and Jesse Morrison behind the glass. Thanks to Tim Ring in for Wolf for Wolf. I'm Luke. We yep. got Burns and Gibbo next on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.